Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for chapter 23 here is Joshua's farewell address. He's been with him a long time, but now he knows it's about time for him to go. He's about to die. And in it, he expresses a deep concern for Israel, who he, I guess he felt that Israel might have started to become a little complacent about the land and somewhat forgetting all the work that they put in towards getting there. It's like you're here, you have this wonderful land, and now you forgot how you got it. Hello, America. We have this wonderful land that we have here, and it's so wonderful, but I think we forgot how we got it, and we can't get complacent about the Lord God in this, in this aspect. So there's a lot of parallels in this. Father, thank you for the word today. Lord, help us uh, see uh, what we as Americans need to see. Lord God, this, this chapter doesn't just apply to America, though. It applies around the entire world. Lord God, let us gain from this what you're trying to show us. This was written for the Israelites. We know that. We're going to keep it in that context. But Lord God, help us to see what we need to see today because it does apply to us today. Even still, we thank you for your truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So Joshua 23 and verse 1, Joshua's farewell address. Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes, from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. Now this event here where he gets everybody together, it takes place probably anywhere from 10 to 20 years after they distributed the land. So a good bit of time has passed by here. It's kind of, the Bible doesn't always give us a time stamp to see this. A lot of time has has passed. Enough time that I think that perhaps maybe um, the Israelites are starting to lean towards the paganistic, uh, paganism again, the the things that, that maybe they're starting to look at these other nations. And so Joshua wants to pull them all together and he's about to go. He wants to give them one big push to stick close to the Lord. Now, when I was reading this, something occurred to me. Joshua's been serving a long time, this military general. They've been through all these battles, had all these victories. And so here I am at my last farewell speech. And this would have been a very tempting opportunity for Joshua to try to elevate himself and gain honor out of this. Look at all the victories we've had, and I've been your general. See, 
man kind of has a a tendency to lean that way, to try to get something out of it for himself. And so it would have been a tempting opportunity for him to try to do that. But Joshua didn't say, remember everything I did. In verse 3, he said, you have seen all that the Lord has done. That's the, that's the perspective there. This is a man who's not going to try to take any credit at all. And he could have tried to elevate himself. You know, I did all this stuff for y'all. I've been with you all this time. I, I, I took the torch from Moses. That was no easy task. And he's not, he's not going there. He doesn't want to touch that. Look at everything that the Lord has done. He's being very humble. He's not trying to find any honor for himself out of this. Because he's going to make a big warning to Israel about staying very close to God. He wants them to listen. And if he, if he tries to squeeze any self-recognition out of this moment, then he's going to lose their ear. They're not going to listen to him. Imagine Joshua, hey, remember that slick military move I made that one time? Remember that, that, that decision I made and how well that turned out? Now, I have a warning for all of you, Israel. They're not going to listen. They're like, this guy's grandstanding. He, it, we're not listening to that. It makes me think that if we live with pride in our lives, looking for our own gain in everything, then people will not listen to us when we try to tell them about the Lord. We live prideful, opportunistic, always about me. Oh, and by the way, let me tell you about Jesus. They ain't going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to you at all. If I worked with a guy that was like that, everything was about himself. He would throw you under the bus in a heartbeat if it would gain him anything. And he was the Christian of the, of the group. And he always wanted to tell people about Jesus, but he would take advantage of you any chance he got. And I said, Lord, this guy frustrates me to death. And he goes, God says, yes, that used to be you. <laughs> so he put me with a guy that, used, that was me so I could see how frustrating I used to be to other people. <laughs> so... He said, you've seen, in verse 3, he said, you've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who fought for you. Not the great general Joshua fought for you. It's the Lord your God fought for you. He's a humble man. He's, He's not saying, I did all the fighting. He's trying to be humble so that they will listen to what Joshua is about to tell them. He's setting up who won the the battle. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And he wants the people to listen. People are going to listen to you if you are humble. Now, another reason that Joshua's getting Israel to look at their past victories is because he wants them to believe that the same will be true for their future victories as well. I need to get you to look at the past victories that God delivered every time to get you to see the future victories that God will deliver every time. He said in verse 5, he said, the Lord God will expel them, the enemies, from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. As God promised you, he said, this was based on promise. That's what he's trying to make them see. This isn't just didn't just happen. God promised it to happen. Now, if Joshua can just get the people to lock on to God's promises that they've seen in the past, then they'll apply those same promises to their future as well. Something we need to do too. I'll get to that. If Israel can see that its past victories were promised, then they'll know that their future victories are promised also. Wow, that, I see some application for me in that. Uh, I've got past victories that God promised. I've got future victories that are promised as well. But he's trying to convey this over to Israel. So also here, Joshua said he's getting very old. He's telling the people he's about to die. 
He's about to die. He wants to make sure that Israel's faith is not on him. You know how people get when they get behind a leader. It's all about that leader. And if something happens to him, then boom, what happens to everybody? They go crazy. If he dies with the people holding on to him, then they're going to be in trouble after Joshua's gone. And so he has to undo this problem. This reminds me of what John the Baptist said about the Lord in John 3 and 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Joshua, I think, has that same feeling about himself in regards to the Lord. I am about to decrease, but the Lord must increase to you. So he's about to go, and the people need to get their faith with God. They cannot base this on Joshua's leadership. They can't base it on him, or else they're going to fail after Joshua leaves. So you see, Joshua's setting up the whole scenario for people to listen to what he has to say. He comes at them with humility, not with pride. And he's also coming at them with saying, you need to get your eyes on God and Don't be thinking it was based on me. He's setting it up for what he's about to say. Joshua 23 and 6. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, and lest you go among these nations, these who remain among you. You shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. America, this is what many of you call intolerant. This is what people are saying is intolerant. Yeah, you bet it is. It's very intolerant. Have nothing to do with them. Don't make even mention of the name of their gods. Well, that sure is intolerant, right? Yeah, they don't call it the narrow way for nothing. It's very intolerant. Let me give you a scenario. When you're on the highway doing 70 miles an hour, you better stay in your lane. You don't go to the left or to the right. You stay in your lane. You go to the oncoming lane. What's going to happen? You're going to end up in a head-on collision. You go off to the right. You're going to end up in the ditch and flip. I've seen people do that. And get in your lane and don't move off of it. Stay in your lane. You move off of it. Either way, you're in trouble. Joshua said, stick to the law of Moses. Don't go left. Don't go right. Don't even mention their gods. Hold fast to the Lord your God. Does that sound intolerant? I hope it does because it is. Tolerance means, oh, you can play either way you want. No, the narrow way, the way to heaven is narrow. It's very intolerant. That doesn't mean hate. That just means stay in your lane. It's safe there. Now what Joshua just said here are the very same words The same words that God told him before he crossed over the Jordan. I want to take you back to Joshua 1 and verse 7. He said, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. So look at that. What God told Joshua to do, Joshua is telling the Israelites to do. Don't go left, don't go right. Follow the law, stay close to the book, and that's what's going to make you prosper. Don't get distracted. No involvement with the enemy. No involvement. And while I'm here, I want to get on a quick, sub, uh, a quick thing about people who involve themselves with 
enemy, I guess you could say, unbelievers, those who are hostile to the Lord, they go to them and do what they do, thinking that's what's going to reach them. That's not how it works. You represent Jesus Christ. Yes, you go to them and reach them with the gospel, but you don't go do what they do. Well, you know, they go to the bar at night on Saturday. I'll I'll go hang out at the bar with them too, and maybe we'll become friends enough I can share the gospel. No, you don't do what they do. You get on, you get in your lane. You can go out to them with the gospel, but don't do that. That's that's not how it works. Don't mention their gods. Mentioning their gods. Some people take the alcohol as a god. Some people take money as a god. Don't take up their gods that they have. It's kind of what we're getting at here. Be holy. Be set apart. No involvement with them. Sure, take the gospel to them, but no involvement with the enemy. Josh was telling them to be holy. Holy means set apart. Be holy, because doing what your enemy does has consequences to it. It really does. Joshua is a little concerned, as I think I can hear in the tone here, that he's a little concerned that after he is gone, that Israel is going to conform. That Israel is going to conform with the rest of the world. You know, you cannot be in God's goodwill and blessing when you do what everybody else does. I don't want to do what everybody else does. I want to do what God tells me to do, because I'm telling you, the world ain't doing what God told them to do. Stick to the book. Don't drift off. Focus. Hold fast to the Lord your God, because there's no safety, there's no victory, and there is no peace in anyone else but Him. He told them how to prosper. You stay, stay in your lane. Don't go left or right. That's how you prosper. Joshua 23 and 9. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations, but as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you, as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Or else, if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go into them and they to you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. But they shall be snares and traps to you, and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. I want you all to take a real hard look at that. What God just said. He said, if you make friends with the enemy, then God won't fight for you and you'll die. Is that basically what he said? I mean, am I, am I twisting anything here? You make friends with the enemy, you're going to die. Cut and dried. I want to show you James 4 and 4. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I don't want to be God's enemy. Well, Ray, you know, you got to be friends with everybody if you want to reach them. No. No, you don't go to them. The idea is to get them to come to us, to get them to repent and come out of that mess. If you go in there with them, they're gonna, they don't see the need to repent. So don't be an enemy of God. The world out there is pushing, again, for that word, tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. You have to put up with me, and you have to be friends with me, and you have to do what I do. It's funny how they expect me to agree with what they do, but they can criticize what I do. They can criticize me for spreading the gospel and standing for truth, but I have to agree with them. It's a double standard. People have called me bigot. People have called me all kind of words. Intolerant, Bible thumper. I kind of actually like that one. I'll take it. (laughs) 
Oh, here comes Bible Thumper Ray. I, I like that one. Then they don't want to call me that anymore. They come up with a new one. But hey, I don't care what you call me. As long as I'm not called an enemy of God, I don't care what you say. I'm sure the Israelites took a lot of heat over this. Imagine the other guys around said, hey, come on, Israel, come do what we do. No, we can't. Oh, well, look at goody two-shoes over here. I'm sure Israel took a lot of heat for that. Uh, As a matter of fact, remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They took literal heat for their intolerance, didn't they? But God protected them from their enemies. And that's what Joshua wants for Israel. He wants God to keep fighting their battles. But for God to keep fighting their battles, they have a responsibility in the matter. They have to be holy, set apart. They have to be focused on the Word of God. They have to be true and cling close to God. If you want God to fight your battles for you, you need to take an extra special discipline to follow God and stick close to Him. And it ain't easy. It's hard. It's very hard. But you know what's harder? It's trying to fight those battles yourself. (laughs) It's harder. He wants them to remain holy, set apart to remain in God's blessing. 1 Peter 1.16 says, It is written, Be holy, for I am holy. God is holy. God is set apart. There's no one like Him. And so He says, You be like that. You be set apart that there be nobody like you either. Because that's the way I am. So I want to be that way too. I'm going to stick out. I'm going to look like a nerd, whatever. Fine. That's okay. And they're going to hate you for it. That's okay. Because they hated Jesus for it too. If you're going to be holy, that's a good thing. God will fight for you. America needs to get back to holiness. Back to loving the Lord. Doing things His way. And repenting and staying away from what His Word says is sin. You notice how carefully I put that. To stay away from what God's word says is sin. It's very con- contra. Uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Contradictory. It's uh, it's it's very argumentative. That there are a lot of things that people do in their lives that, that they say is not sin anymore, and they march through the streets saying it's okay now. And if you say anything otherwise, well then you're you're a hypocrite. You're a bigot. I'm saying that America needs to get back to holiness and repent and get away from what God's word says is sin. And there's a whole list of them in First Corinthians six, because only the Lord can solve our problems. Government is never going to do it. And if you keep praying, God, fix our government to fix these problems. You're taking yourself out of the equation saying no responsibility falls on me. I don't have to do anything. God, make the government do it. No, we need to be obedient and we need to do it. As a matter of fact, some of us who are repentant and obedient and following like kind of like what Josh was saying, stick to the book, stay in the lane. Maybe some of us ought to run for government. (laughs) America needs to get back to holiness. We have to stop politicizing our troubles and take them before the Lord. I can't tell Americans to rise up by national pride and let's go do it. It it doesn't work. If you notice, Joshua isn't even doing that. He's not giving the Israelites some kind of a national pep rally pride. He's not doing that. He's telling them that their God does this work, not them. Saying God did all this. We got to stop thinking that we're the ones that can fix this. That we, if we will just get strong enough up to a certain point and push it and push it and push it and finally get over that hurdle, we'll finally fix everything. It's not going to work. Never will. 
Joshua is telling them that their God did this work, not them. Friends, God does this work, not us. We just need to get in line behind it, get in that lane and follow him. Now, I know the context here is what Joshua is telling Israel, but this can apply to us too. You cannot stand before your enemy without having authentic love and obedience in the Lord. I mean authentic. I'm not talking about faking it, making everybody think that you're in for real. I'm talking about really doing it. Really following the Lord is when you will do it even when no one's watching. Some people do it when they have an audience. But if you do this, you follow God and get focused and cling to Him, then He will make you prosperous. And I take great comfort in that. I like how Joshua assured Israel, one man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God is He who fights for you. As he promised you, he said, as he promised you. Did you see that? As he promised you. As Israel, as he promised you. He's trying to get them to see this is promise founded. It's promise based. Your past victories are because of God's promise. And God can't and won't break a promise. You know, people say there's nothing God can't do. Yeah, there is. I'll tell you what he can't do. He cannot break a promise. Because if, if he did, he would not be God. And so this would be a, a source of great encouragement to Israel as they mount up to go and kick out the rest of their enemies to know that God promised this to them. Like, hey guys, let's go do this. We can do it. I can chase a thousand guys because God's promise is in this. Let's go. You see how that would motivate you. And I hope this motivates us too. It's been motivating me for the week that even if it's just me, Even if it came down to just me, if everybody evaporated, went away, I can just one guy against a thousand and lead a thousand to Christ too. So can you. He's saying you need to mount up and go get these enemies out of the land that is supposed to be your land. Kick out the rest of your enemies. Don't join them. Don't join them. Get them out of here. God gave you that victory by promise. Joshua 23 and 14. Behold, this day I'm going the way of the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. That's good. And God made a lot of promises. He's really making sure they understand that what God promises, God does. That's a big one. What God promises, God does. So glad. And you know, when someone is about to die, I I was thinking about this. Uh, I've, I've, I've known two people that died this past week. People I've known for a long time. I've, that's kind of been a tough week is watching two friends go. Uh, When someone's about to die, People really listen to what they say. I looked up a list of famous last words that people have spoken. Todd Beamer is a man who was on Flight 93 on September 11, 2001. The terrorists intended to dive the plane into the White House, and they wanted to storm the cockpit. And his last words over the cell phone was, are you guys ready? Let's roll. Whatever someone's last words are, people will always remember And Joshua's trying to capitalize on this to get Israel to cling close to God.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.